You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away back. Goal. Go hey! It's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good afternoon, A's fans. Welcome to A's Cast Live from the field on a Tuesday before the Athletics take on the Atlanta Braves. Coming your way, a quick two-game set, and then it's going to be the Chicago White Sox for four, and hopefully we're going to have Matt Olson. He's been over in the dugout. Uh, He's actually making his way over here right now. We'll have Matt Olson. Former Oakland Athletic is going to join us. Eno Saris from the Athletic is going to join us for the Eno Saris show. And then at 5 o'clock, the great Ron Washington is going to be here. Cody, let's uh, zoom in on this thing here on our uh, camera. First of all, we want to say, start, we're going to hear a lot about this today. want to say thank you to everybody for making us the number one podcast in all of Major League Baseball as we have reached 500 downloads to become number one in all of Major League Baseball. And I will never forget one of the reasons why we've been able to get 5 million downloads was a commercial that was cut by Matt Olson saying how much he loved A's Cast and he watched A's Cast back in the day. Uh, how are you? Good, good. How about yourself? Uh, we're doing real well. We just hit 5 million downloads today, become the major league leader in all the podcasts of Major League Baseball. And, of course, you've been a part of it for years. It's great to see you. Yeah, good to be back, uh, see some old faces, and, and uh, you know, try to get a win. Let's be <laughs> honest. It's got to be weird to be back, right? Yeah, you know, it's different. Um, obviously, playing here on one side for, for so long and um, going somewhere else, coming back, it's a little different uh, being on the opposite side. But, uh, you know, it's cool. So you already got to play against the A's earlier this year, so you got to see that emotion. But, you know, for all the A's fans listening, what, what this organization will always mean something to you. It's where you're drafted. It's where you were brought up. Just just leaving here, what was that like for you? Yeah, I, you know, it was uh, kind of jumping into a new chapter. I didn't really know what to expect. Obviously, uh, especially the, the situation with the CBA kind of, drawing late in and then going out to spring and the trade happening and there was just a lot of moving pieces going on so um you know there was kind of a lot uh new being thrown at me um you know like you said obviously thankful for for everything that the the A's organization did for me and you know giving me a chance drafting me um and then uh 
you know, equally as happy for, for the Braves organization, uh, you know, taking a chance on me and, and uh, you know, I've, I've been very happy over there. And you guys are rolling right now. It's a, it's a great story. We'll get into that. We just wanted to get into, you know, the A's things because just talk about the good times and the run and Bob Melvin and this team and, and Chapman and all the other guys. Just the, the run that you had here was really special. Yeah, it was good. Um, you know, I, I think uh, – there's actually a lot of similarities between, uh, you know, our A's team that we had and, and this Braves team. Um, you know, I think here in Oakland, everybody uh, didn't necessarily look at us as the biggest threat, uh, being, you know, kind of newer young core coming up and uh, had a couple good years there. Obviously nothing too deep in, in the playoffs <laughs> like they did last year. But, uh, you know, kind of the same thing. Everybody uh, doubted the Braves a little bit last year as far as, uh, you know, regular season record and, and uh, matchups in the playoffs. So, um, you know, when, when that's the case, you kind of thrive off of it. And, you know, it's it's something to rally behind. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, it, it contributed to our success here in Oakland when, when we were all here and, uh, you know, their success last year, uh, you know, winning, winning it all. You know, when, when Chappie was here, I wanted to give him the opportunity to speak about it because a lot came out in The Athletic about what he was offered, what he turned down, and all of that, and A's fans wanted to know. Uh, and, and we'll end on the A's part on this. Did they ever offer you, was there ever any negotiations about keeping you here long term? I know a lot of A's have asked me. I don't know. That'd be something between you and the organization. Was that ever a possibility? Um, yeah, you know, there was, there was definitely conversation. Um, a little more early on in the career um you know, it was it was something that uh you know i think uh i don't want to uh <laughs> get too far into it but uh you know i i think it was it was expressed that uh would have liked uh you know the chance to to sign a long-term deal um and uh you know just kind of uh Never, never uh, necessarily came to fruition. Obviously, we got you know traded over to Atlanta, and uh, you know, we were able to work something away, uh, you know, fairly quickly. But uh, it was something that I was I was always interested in. And let's end on this because we know you got a hitter meeting going up. Just mm -hmm. going back home. This has to be so special for you and your family. What has this been like for you? It's been great. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of familiarity coming coming into a spot that you uh, grew up in and uh, you know the fan base is great um, you know I, I can't say enough for for all the Braves uh, for what the Braves have done for me so far in this short amount of time and uh, you know uh, excited for for the next few years and uh, hopefully some more winning baseball well you were always great to us here on A's cast live and I've said it many times if it's all, when I look at all the guys that we've lost you're the only, you're gonna be the one I miss the most. I think your your career is gonna be unbelievable. I think you're gonna get votes someday for the Hall of Fame. And to watch you grow from a right fielder, we're all angry you were out there to being one of the best first basemen in baseball. Welcome back. It. You're always gonna be an A in our eyes. And good luck the rest of the way. And good luck the rest of your career. Hopefully we'll be able to do this more often. Now we see each other every season starting next year. There we go. The Thanks, great Chris. Matt Olson right here on A's Cast Live. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than the Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. All right, did you eat? This is Eno Saris. This is National Baseball columnist Eno Saris from The Athletic. Do we have the man's open? The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Boom. Now, we don't have a set day yet for the Eno Sarah show, but you guys are going on vacation at the end of the week? Yeah, we're heading up to Eureka to do a, a little mini vacation there. So. Nice. We're going to Redwood National Forest, and kids want to see some. They, they actually have this scratch-off thing where they can scratch off all the national forests, and so they're like, we want to go to all these and scratch them all off. It's like turned into a Pokemon collecting thing or something. It's a, and it's educational. Well, I'm, and I'm totally cool with it. I'm like, you want to go to more national forests? Let's go. Yeah, that does not hurt. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we just had Matt Olson on, and I'm not sure if their PR guy was in love with my question, <laughs> but it's something that I, I did for Matt Chapman, and Matt Chapman thanked me because you guys came out in The Athletic talk about how Matt Chapman turned down a $150 million deal, and A's fans want to know, were you offered that? Because we had Giambi on, Jason Giambi, probably three years ago and i asked him the question about that infamous 90 million dollar deal that was offered and later he had signed with new york for what was it 124 or something like that and johnny goes whoa i was never on there was nothing technically ever offered wow. to me he said there might have been trial arn Tellum was his agent at the time there might have been the trial balloon right. or talk between agent whatever but there was never an official hey here's the offer right so i Asked Chapman about that. He thanked me that he was able to, like, have his piece about it. So I want to give Olsen the same thing. And I don't think that's a tough question. That's a no. legitimate question. And I've, and I've asked Billy Bean, uh, why don't you do more of this? Because we have the Braves in town, and the Braves have now signed, I don't know, six guys to, for 10 years. They've signed Austin Riley, Michael Harris, Ozzie Albies, Ronald Acuna Jr., all these guys to long-term deals. And the way that that works is you do get a little bit of a discount as the team because what you're doing is you're telling a kid, you know, here's eight years. You know, <laughs> like you're going to be signed for eight years. Here's yeah. a big, big bunch of money. 
Um, you know, a guy like Juan Soto says, no, 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 I'm going year to year and I'm going to get the big pie in the sky at the end. But, uh, you know, a lot of kids take the deal. And um, the reason that it works for uh, teams is if you do five of them and one doesn't work out, the other four pay for that fifth one over and over again. Uh, so the Astros, the Rays, the Braves, they've all tried to do this. Um, it hasn't always worked out. There's a guy named John Singleton uh, who was an, a, a, a first baseman for the Astros, got like $50 million, didn't really play for them much. Uh, guy for the Phillies, uh, I forget his name, he's like an infielder. He signed Kingery, he signed a deal, didn't work out. But, you know, uh, it do, it's fine if you do a lot of them. It, 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 you know, the ones that work out or that make you a lot of money as a team or, you know, a surplus value as a team. Billy Bean told me, and I don't know, you know, if this is if true or not, but I can understand it. He says, we can't be wrong. Like, just at the level of payroll that we have, we can't sign three or four of these guys and be wrong. Like, we can't afford to be wrong. So maybe that's why he hasn't offered these these big deals to some of these younger kids to try and lock them up. Well, also, and not to get too technical, but also from an accounting standpoint, if I know, and it's like with the Julio Rodriguez contract that I love so much, just the base of it, for X amount of years, they know exactly what they pay the player and can budget that year after year after year. It's a manageable number. It's no, this is a business, so it's no different than what we do in the restaurant business or any other. There's, a, there's, there's expenses. Fixed costs. You need to know what yeah, the fixed costs are. If I know what this cost is, I can budget that in every year and be far more comfortable than doing arbitration and doing those different things. So as you said, I offer this kid generational wealth now but it's really manageable wealth for me as a team. Mm -hmm. So if Billy Bean says it, we'll all wink and go, oh, you're a genius, Billy. I don't know if I'm buying it. I, I get what he's saying, and it's easy. It's easier for them to run their model by giving answers like that. I think we could afford that. I do believe so. But um, everybody does their business but differently. What, but let's say you could only afford to do it. Uh, I think another part of it is you can only afford to do it like once or twice. Then if you're wrong, then you only then you're. You're not. You don't have that third or fourth guy that's paying for it. You know what I mean? Like, the you the, the costs of being wrong are higher if you can only do it with one or two. So the Braves did it with five, right? So if Riley doesn't work out, they give him 212 million dollars. If Riley doesn't work out, you're gonna say, oh, that's terrible. However, they're getting so much surplus off Acuna and Albies and Michael Harris that like they'd be like, eh, whatever. I I. I I know this isn't huge money, but I've I've watched Ben Sheets come out of nowhere for ten million. I've watched Billy Butler; no one else wanted him, and I saw three years, thirty million. Donaldson would have signed that in a second. So it's like interesting when you want to pay, when you want to don't, when you. But I mean, yeah. it, it's that is that's part of the problem with our game in baseball is when you have salary caps. Everybody is in this range that they can only spend so much, but they have to do spend so much. So everybody is kind of in a range, and it really helps those sports. And I wish we really could sit down a lot of the other players and say, listen, a salary cap would cap the stars, but the rest of you would make so much more money <laughs> if they did that. I mean, because a salary cap comes with a salary floor. Correct. And that's why they've never been able to negotiate a salary floor. I don't know that I uh, I think that it, it's better with the salary cap uh, idea. Um, that's It takes a lot of advanced modeling and thinking. But um, I do know that if they could get a, a floor without a cap, 
it'd be much better for players. Well, and with the one thing that you look at all the time is you go, wait a minute. The NFL and Major League, the NFL and the NBA have passed Major League Baseball. They both got it. Well, it took could, a lot of time to get it, took a lot of pain, took a lot of heartache. They got a lot of guys in the NFL. They did it. There's a model that could work. There's a, a couple but, things. But that as long as Scott Boris and those power players don't yeah. want that, that's your problem. Well, also, I just there's a, a different level of trust between maybe uh, between uh, players and ownership in different different sports. Uh, so, for example, in baseball, I think that they don't ever trust that the owners would report all the their all their income, because the the whole basis of a salary cap and salary floor is like we get 50% of what you make. And I think in baseball, they're like, well, you guys had BAM and you spun it off and uh, you made a bunch of money off of that and you claimed it had nothing to do with us, and so you, that wasn't our money. You know, you do this, you do you do the real estate deals, and you make a bunch of money, and it has something to do with us, but you say it's not our money. You know, so there's a lot of distrust there. And then the last thing, I guess, is the, the salary cap, the, the, the luxury tax, as it is now, is a de facto cap. Yes. So they should be able to figure out to get a floor in there. If there is a de facto cap, maybe a de facto floor, something that's I'm all in floor. on the floor. I would love a soft floor. I would love a hard floor. <laughs> right? I want, I want a beautiful, I'm talking hardwood, <laughs> solid, that every so many years you got to wax it to shine it up. I want a hardwood, solid floor. Uh, you, you said something to Cody, and, and one, of the, one of the main reasons – we, we love this idea about this partnership. It's just you bring stuff that makes us think, and we're going to do that every single week. And about the Padres, and they haven't had the, the boom that they thought they were going to get when they made all these deals, and you came up with this for us about how the Padres, they don't swing at pitches out of the strike zone, which you did an article on, said that's great for teams. Yes, good job. But then they don't swing at pitches inside the strike zone. And then I'm wondering, well, when do they swing? Because you do have to hit the ball at some point. So it turns out adding uh, Juan Soto, the biggest non-swinger in baseball, uh, to Trent Grisham, maybe maybe the second biggest non-swinger in baseball, makes you have a lineup that's super passive. So, yes, the Padres are number one in not swinging at balls and number 30 in swinging at strikes. And I think it actually has been a problem for them because – it's just easier to game plan as a pitcher. You just know they're not swinging. So you can play more <laughs> games with sort of ball to strike pitches, you know? Like, you, got, you throw them more front door stuff because they're not going to swing, you know? And, oh, boom, called strike. Let's go, you know? I think I in the last game they had a pitcher debut who had a really good fastball and not really good secondaries, and uh, he was throwing fastballs in two-strike counts, and their sort of passive, you know, setup led to a bunch of strikeouts. So... Uh, I think there is, you know, I did write the piece saying, like, being patient is, is really good for you. Uh, but there is always a, there's always a, you know, a, a perfect way to do it, like a sort of a perfect yeah. balance. You know, if you're not swinging the balls in the strike zone, you're going to get a lot of called strike threes. All right, here's a good question. So, like, Matt Olson just had to leave us for a hitter's meeting. They have pitcher's meetings. And Scott Emerson is going over this with the, with the catchers, the pitchers. If you're, you're going up against the Padres in a series and you got all these notes and it's like, okay, how do we tack these guys? Well, they don't swing at anything. Like, like what, what's, what, what is this meeting like? Well, they don't swing here. They don't do this. You know, uh, you know, you got the 
I mean, does anybody have hot zones if no one's swinging? I mean, yeah, Machado's got some hot zones, yeah, obviously. Yeah, Machado is the one you have to watch out for. You, 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 you stay out of the zone. He's going from, hacking. Yeah, you stay out of the zone for Machado, and then for everybody else, you fill up the zone, and you probably fill up the zone with breaking balls. I mean, I think that's a big part of why the league is a breaking ball league now and why breaking ball command is one of the most important aspects that you can get in a pitcher. Um, and uh, because you can't get keyholed into having to throw a strike with a fastball, you know, then the hitter's ready. You know, but if you can throw a, a slider in the zone for a strike, then you've got two options for throwing inside the zone. So you got all these patient hitters. You throw a fast, you throw a slider in the zone. They see slider, they say, okay, I'm not going to swing. Slider in the zone, call strike. You know, these things really happen over time, where we start changing and conditioning our athletes. You know, there was a time where they didn't want to talk about it here, but it was real. Like, in the minor leagues with the A's, you were basically told you do not swing 3-0. Yep. You're teaching more passive, more, you know, or I should say. They even had some lower-level stuff where it was like you don't swing until you get to strike two. So I want to say you think you're teaching patience, but you're teaching people to be passive and not pull the trigger. Essentially, in my opinion, really hurt Jack Cust in his baseball career. Mm. He just got to a point where he couldn't pull the trigger anymore. He had It was almost like the yips in his head about swinging. Yeah. You know, I, I think that sometimes having a, uh, a, a hitting coach that preaches aggressiveness sit on top of an organization that develops patience is a good way to do it because these guys come up with good natural patience and then their hitting coach says, when you see a strike, hunt it. And now we've trained you to see what a strike is, to know what a strike is. So now hunt. You know, you got to the big leagues, you developed your sense of like where where are the ducks, where are the you know, like where are the good pitches, right? And now you're in the big leagues. Hunt. So I put you in the blind. Yeah, the I put hunting you in the blind. blind. I figured it out where I didn't the, give you a gun, but you had like you had a bushnell <laughs> and I could find them and see how far they are. Now you get a gun. Now but you're that's in the major the leagues. But, hunt. But you want me to now fire the gun, and I haven't fired the gun. Yeah, that's true. That's so how true. am I going to be good at shooting the duck? Yeah. And for you people that are against duck hunting, I, I apologize. I am not a hunter. I don't own a gun. But you understand the analogy. Like, I'm trying to teach you now to fire the gun. No, but this, you've is, been this is, a, this is a, the kind of thing that people are debating in player development all around baseball. Do, do wins in the minor leagues matter? That's, that's one question that people don't all have the same answer to. Do wins in the minor leagues matter? You didn't teach them how to win. You didn't care. You said it didn't matter. Wins in the minor league matter a little. I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't say that they matter a lot. Everyone's working on stuff. But they matter a little. And, and it's really, I think, easier for us to go to other sports for this that the minor league system for the NBA and for college I mean, for, for the NBA and for the NFL, is college sports. And they have to win. They winning, it's all about winning. Win. Yeah. So it's like when I get, a, I get a player, a difference maker, and it's usually the guys that touch the ball, uh-huh. right? It's your quarterbacks, it's your point guard, it's Steph Curry shooting the basketball. The fact that Steph Curry has made and done all this crazy stuff at Davidson, he's learned how to do it and bring it to the NBA versus minor league baseball, you'd say, I don't care if his team never made the tournament, never won a thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to teach him to win when he gets here. And, 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 and then you do these weird things in the minor leagues where you're like, don't swing until two strikes. Don't swing, don't swing on 3-0. Uh, uh, they have, uh, there's all these things like you have to throw 10 change-ups today, you know. 
you know, like I've heard pitchers be like, I threw 10 changeups in a row and then I got to the rest of my start. <laughs> and that's the kind of stuff that happens in the minor leagues because you're, you're focusing on developing. You're telling them, do this, do this, do this. It's, it's sort of ancillary to winning. It'll make you better at winning in the future, but it's not about winning tonight. And some teams don't even prepare their players for the game in the same way that they you hear they got a hitter's advance meeting. They're talking about charts. They've got everything. The hitter, hitting coach is talking to them about who they're going to face tonight. They might even do VR or, or uh, virtual reality. Virtual reality. Or they might they might have the eye pitch, which is a great pitching machine, mimic the pitcher tonight and, and turn it up. You know, They're doing all these things to win. There are some organizations that are still not doing any of that for their minor leaguers. So the first time they ever see a heat map for the opposing starting pitcher is in the big leagues. Because they're not caring about winning those games. So and, you don't then, need to prepare them the same and way. And then I'm supposed to take a guy who's never used virtual reality. It'd be like taking us older guys and putting us in a now <laughs> a, a newer arcade and going, here's a bunch of quarters, kids. Go figure it out. We'd be like, this isn't like Pac-Man that we played when we were kids. Like, you want someone to use technology and, and to use then it. you have to have it all the way up. Put it this way. You want them to use it expertly. Yeah. And they've never used it before. Right. And now you want them to use it here at the big league level? Yeah. That makes sense. It's kids, certain kids that come up through certain organizations get to the big leagues and they're like, okay, yeah, yep, that, that, that. And they even can start to say, no, ah, that doesn't work for me. VR doesn't work for me. But these other things do, and I know what they do, and I've figured it out. And then there are other kids who come up through other organizations who are like, what, what is this thing? What's that thing? What's that thing that's Rapsodo? <laughs> well, and, and – and there's so much too of, I don't want to say doesn't matter, but we always find it's there's a lot of failure mentality. Uh, we don't care about the, we don't care about, we don't care about pitchers' wins. We don't care about winning. We don't care about like like there's so much of this stuff that's in the sport. It's the process. And, and, and We're rebuilding. It makes me. I think golf is a great comparison. Because what you have in golf is you have a lot of professional golfers who are range warriors, right? They have track mat. They have golf started all this well before baseball oh, with like the Deschambeau technology. a little bit, just like yes. All they do is sit, it up. They all they do is they look because my brother started testing for Titleist in the early '90s, uh-huh. well before baseball, because they were they were There's selling a lot of clubs stuff and balls over from golf. Yeah. Golf, golf, and baseball when we're, is very similar, but these guys learn on the range how to just hammer it and spin it and do all this stuff. But then you got to go actually play the game of golf, which now is a lot of short game. It's putting, pitching, chipping, out of the sand. It's what, not, do I, what do I do here? The strategy of it, too. Yeah, the I mean, winning. You're, not, you're not hitting into this vast range of nothing. I'm now hitting. There's trees. There's water. Yeah, you got to yeah. play the sport. And I think we're into this now so much where we're a launch angle. Launch, I'm pointing, actually. I'm pointing towards the launch angle at the plate as they're taking BP now. Behind me, the mounds. We're talking about spin rates and everything. Well, at some point, when you get out on the mound, you just have to get somebody out. Yeah, so I think this is an interesting segue also to something else we're going to talk about, which is uh, the the way that the the, the A's are going around building this pitching staff, right? And, uh, you know, out there on the market, you know, I have a Stuff Plus number. Out there on the market, Stuff Plus, there are a lot of teams that have Stuff Plus. It's expensive to buy stuff. If you want to get stuff in. Well, with inflation, too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, stuff. stuff is not cheap. So uh, here are some pitchers uh, in the starting rotation for uh, the A's. Cole Irvin has zero pitches that are above average by Stuff Plus. Zero. He has four pitches that are above average by locations, by command. Blackburn has one pitch that's above average by Stuff Plus, the cutter. 
He has zero other pitches that are above average by stuff plus. He has five pitches that are above average by location. J.P. Sears has zero pitches that are above average by, by stuff plus. He has two that he can locate uh, very well. So uh, I think that's one sort of way that they've gone with their pitchers. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, there's some interesting aspects of that to Adrian Martinez. I think his changeup is pretty plus. He has good command of the other pitches. So that's one aspect. And then you got newcomer, Ken Waldachuk, and he's the opposite. Right? He's a stuff plus guy? Yes, he is. By the way, you're such a journalist. You should see this chicken scratch paper. This is what <laughs> writers do. They sit there and they write everything. They'll, they'll listen to the managers and they write this. No one can read it but them. <laughs> so Waldachuk is totally different. He's got three pitches that are above average by stuff plus and zero that are above average by location. So, you know, if you are the, the, the A's, like sometimes you just have to be trying to find guys. If you have above average stuff plus and above average location on three pitches, then maybe the other team's not trading you that guy. Well, it sounds like what you mentioned, the first three guys for the A's, when we talk Sears, Cole Irvin, and Blackburn, they're winning because of control. Yes, and, and keeping hitters on their back foot and just I have five, four pitches I can command. You don't know which one's going to be. I can put them in different parts. None of them if I none of them are going to show up on Pitching Ninja probably. You <laughs> no, know? Yeah, no. But uh, but I can put them where I need to put them. You pitching, know? Pinch, pitching Ninja, friend of the program. Yeah. But Waldachuk's got a combo, and that takes me to where you were, I think it was last week you said this, and I've thought about it all week, is that the Yankees, so there was a great article, I think, that was in The Athletic, it was years ago, that talked about 1998. Essentially, Brian Cashman, even though he had one of the best teams in the history of baseball, knew that his analytics department was nothing. Talked to Billy Bean, Billy Bean helped change the Yankees, unfortunately, <laughs> into being more into analytics, which now the Yankees have the biggest analytic department. They have more than anybody, they have more employees, more think tank than anybody else. And you mentioned how guys that play for the Yankees, even at the lower level, are trained really well. But they can't all make the big club. Yeah. So if you're able to get some of their guys that at that current point just can't scratch the big club, might be a good idea because they're so well-trained. Did I say that correctly? Yeah, uh, like I just talked to Clark Schmidt uh, for like 20 minutes when he was in town. Uh, and Clark Schmidt is the, the guy they kept, I guess. And Waldchuk is the guy they traded. Clark Schmidt, um, they developed, he, he was a four-seam guy that had a good curveball. Uh, and they developed uh, using seam-shifted wake and using all the newest uh, advancements in, in technology and in analytics. They developed a really good sinker for him uh, and uh, a sweeping slider. Everyone wants a sweeper. He called it the whirly. So they gave him a whirly. We used to call it, it so for someone like me who was a short armor, I never had the great 12-6 curveball because I didn't have the extension or I didn't have the great extension on the slider, but I could throw the – we called it a slur. It's, it was in between a slider and a curve. It's the return of the slur. It's a Frisbee. Yeah, so the, the, the sweeper – uh, he called it the whirly. So they gave he came in with this and this with the curveball, and they gave him this and this. And now he's a four-pitch guy with command and velo, and they just coached everything up. And there's some rumors uh, uh, that the Yankees are internally sort of deciding 
um, that command is, uh, is something that they maybe have undervalued in the past. And if they look at somebody like Jordan Throwing Montgomery, strikes. Well, they, 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 they've been a very stuff-plus type of organization. Yeah. They've been really stuff-plus. If you think about Luis Severino, uh, a lot of the guys who've come up, it's been more about stuff and I'm going to throw real hard and have a great breaking ball off of that, you know? Uh, but then they had a real success with Jordan Montgomery, and he represents more, I have a lot of pitches and I have command of them, you know? Um, and so maybe in this case they decided to keep Clark Schmidt because he has better command than Ken Waldachuk. But I'd also agree with you that they have a bit of an embarrassment of riches and that uh, Ken Waldachuk has really good upside. I mean, I, I, you know, location plus um, is different than walks. So if you look at Ken Waldachuk's line, you'll see a lot of walks, and they'll say he doesn't have good command. But location plus looks at, you know, is he putting him in good locations, even if that's outside the strike zone sometimes? And he's not far from average. He's there are way there are people with way worse command than Ken Waldachuk. I think I think it's workable, and I think you see good velo, good shapes. I think he's going to be good. I mean, if you're living on the edges and you're just not getting the calls, but you're hitting your target, that's pretty good command. And you don't. It's get, one thing you when you're all over the joint. Yeah, he he sails the the four seam a little bit uh, sometimes, but uh, I think I think he's close. I think he's really he's really close to getting it all figured out. So well, wouldn't you say also it's very rare that you'll find somebody who struck out a lot of people and didn't walk people. That's true too. Right. I mean, I mean, it's just if you. If if you're if you're one of the all time strikeout guys, there's things that come with that. That's high pitch counts and that's walks. A lot of times it's just not giving in, right? Like it's it's a three two count. I'm still going to throw you that slider off the edge because I think you'll swing at it. Versus down the middle, Broadway hit it. Right. So there's definitely there's definitely people that'll just not, I'm not giving in. I'm just going to throw my pitches and if I walk you, Randy Johnson, man. So when you start to look at the A's, we were talking about this in the post game show the other day about next year. You know, if you need it probably over, let's just call it Perry Manassian, and the GM of the Angels said, hey, listen, the average team uses 13 guys a year starting. So I've been going off what he had to say. I'm sure his numbers are better than the research zero that I put into it. So Perry said 13, the average team, I'm going to go with him. Let's just say 10 plus. Is yeah, because ten, you, you use seven pretty bulk. Ten, uh, will, like 10 will probably get to about 40, 50 innings. 13, you know, you'll have three guys that'll do some spot start. Okay, so it's almost like we need to think of like horses. And we have a stable, we have a couple stables, right? In this stable, we've got starters. In this stable, we got bullpen. Probably over here in this stable, the the starter stable, we're gonna need over 10 guys. Yeah. So when I start looking at everybody with the A's and you just started mentioning some of them. And knowing there's some more coming from these trades, the A's could be in in from a starting. I don't know about hitters, but from a from a starting pitcher standpoint, if you need ten or more the next couple seasons, they may be in a good spot. I think so. Uh, I was looking at uh, some of the the names that aren't in the rotation right now necessarily. Adrian Martinez, uh, I think he has a plus changeup. It's a really weird pitch because it moves less than his fastball. Uh, but it has a good velo separation, so it really works. I think uh, he has a six or seven, great. Um, you know, Zach Logue, I think maybe headed long-term towards uh, relieving, but if you can keep him at a two, three-inning level, uh, then you can keep him as your, like a guy who's on the roster, but also your six or seven starter. So I think those are those are good names that you're, you're going seven, eight deep. Um, 
you know, I, I, I do wish that the A's, and this is a constant refrain, do wish that they invested a little bit more uh, in their player development and the, and the data and the tech and, the, you know, the coaching and the, and the minor league level and got a little bit more of a pipeline of their own players. A lot of times it seems like they acquire players to play in the big Correct. <laughs> well, and that, and that we were just talking about the 20-game win streak. I mean, they were at the forefront at one, at one point. What happened? Um, it's, I think it's expensive. To, to, on some level, it's an expensive thing to, to infuse every level with data and also uh, pay your coaches more than the competition at every level. You got a lot of coaches. You got to hire 30, 40, 50 coaches. If you're paying more than the competition for those coaches, that's 30 times. Are we talking times. about c certain teams just from how they train their minor leaguers are spending way more money than other teams? Yes. Yes. The, uh, the Houston Astros uh, have. Um, I think maybe ten thousand dollars worth of cameras in every in every in every practice uh, and play facility they have, um, and these are the slow motion edutronic yeah. cameras. So they have ten thousand dollars worth of that in every stadium that they and, and any of their kids play in, any complex they play in. So we're not just talking about the four or five you know uh, you know minor league teams that they have. We're talking about all those complexes they have, all those fields. Each of those fields has has cameras on them, you know. And so just think about what that kind of philosophy is. It's also like, well, I'm going to outbid the A's for our high A hitting coach. I'm going to outbid the A's for our high A pitching coach. I'm going to outbid them for the next one up, the next one up, the next one up. You're talking about 30, 40 pitching coaches, hitting coaches, coordinators, and they're just willing to spend all that money at every level. Well, there is something to be said about certain organizations, and one of them is here today, and the Atlanta Braves and the amount of talent they keep bringing up at such a young age what they're bringing up, whether it's from the draft or it's from their international signings. You know, the Dodgers do it all the time. It's like, like a pipeline. Like no, no one ever you, viewed, no one ever viewed, as you mentioned, the Astros, no one ever viewed them as having a great minor league system. They just keep bringing guys up. Look at their rotation. Their rotation is almost all homegrown guys in Verlander. Luis Garcia, Jose Urquidy, Fran Valdez. Like they had a new guy, Hunter Brown, up the other day. Yeah, and I think what's happening in Houston and in Atlanta is really interesting. I think they are amazing at scouting. I think that's their number one thing. But they also uh, added Mike Fast, who helped build the Astros' current system, and left for Atlanta. So he's been there for a while. So they've taken a lot of those Astros data and tech things, infused an organization that was already very good at scouting. Because if you look at all those guys that they that they're bringing up right now, Vaughn Grissom, Michael Harris, all those guys. Really good scouting was a big part of it, but they're also building a coaching, you know, lineup to coach all those guys all the way up to the big leagues. Here's a guy to me, and I know you got something on uh, Acevedo's slider. What's so interesting is knowing that last year he pitched in 10 games, and now I believe it's at look it up, Cody's at 61 or 62. You want to talk about a dramatic? change now, i know he's got the body and he's a farmer he grew up on a farm and he's a tough kid what does he have 61 61 so you've gone from 10 to 61 appearances yeah the dramatic change on that once again shows you how bullpens without september call-ups are going to be very interesting to see uh, yeah. how you've ridden these guys and you used to have some relief. You don't have that relief. Now you have a limit on how many times you're going to option them. So Acevedo, 
fat, just an amazing story. Yeah, I really love it. And uh, Acevedo, and I mentioned Adrian Martinez's changeup. Acevedo's slider and Adrian Martinez's changeup are the strangest, weirdest pitches on this team. And strange is good in pitching. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things where hitters pre perform on a nightly basis. They see certain shapes, and the things that are in the middle, the easiest shapes, are the ones that are the same, the average, you know? It's the things that are weird that they're like, man, I got to see that again. What was that? So, uh, Adrian Martinez's changeup moves less than his fastball. That's weird. Domingo Acevedo's slider, uh, Dallas Braden pointed this out to me. It, it has changeup movement. It's a backup slider. He throws a backup slider on purpose. It, nobody else does this. It has, so normally when you throw a breaking ball, it breaks to your glove side, you know? And it, everything's like that. If you think about it, slider breaks, curveball breaks that way. His slider breaks that way towards his arm side. So you can say it's a slider by its grip, but its action is more of like a circle change. In which case, he because he has a change, he has a sinker at least, he has like some sort of weird, he's, it's, a, it's a unique pitch, man. I don't know what it is. The gyro ball. Yeah, dice, yes, it's the gyro dice ball. Dice used to have. Like, how what? They tried to explain it. How do you have a gyro yeah. ball? But in the end, I don't care what, Rap Soto, I don't care what the high-tech cameras. Well, I, a lot of the work of Rap Soto and the high-tech cameras but does is, it to, but is to, yes, does, does it get it, out. Does it get out. So that's it, what Scott Emerson always says to us, because Scott Emerson has told us about some of these kids. We'll tell you how great their spin rates are, but they don't get out. Yeah. In the end, you still got – I don't care if you're Ken Holtzman in the 70s just throwing a BP fastball that guys weren't ready for. It's just because he was taking something off his fastball and acted like a changeup, uh -huh. and guys were out in front popped up. However you do it, it's got to work. Well, I, I'm not arguing against feel. Feel is super important. Command is super important. But I will say that if you're in the bullpen working with these guys, a lot of times the work is just to make their pitches that they have stranger, make them weirder. So Make them work. Make them work. Yeah, however you grip it because, I mean, if you ever look at Mariano Rivera, how he gripped a slider, that's not how normally you grip, grip yeah, a slider. Yeah. In his, I think he had a decent little career. Yeah. Zach Britton's uh, sinker, it comes from a cutter grip. That crazy power sinker he has. He throws the cutter grip. From a cutter grip. And, that the, and that's another thing, too. Like, back in the day, just thinking a cutter is just basically taking your two-seam fast, putting it, and just moving it just a little bit. Not even a slider grip, but just moving it a little bit. And the cutter, the movement is just not that different, but it's just different enough. And for some reason, him in the cutter grip and his his slot, it gives you sinker movement. It's the weirdest thing. So I, I bet you Acevedo calls it a slider, and so we'll call it a slider. But but it's really a change, change it's of action. sort of weird, yeah, or, or a backup slider, like a hanging slider almost. All right, so we're here. We'll end on this. We're here. It's September. It's coming down. It's hot. Here are the Braves have basically reeled in the Mets. Yankees are falling apart. I want the Guardians to win so bad because the Guardians play old school traditional baseball. Make a lot of contact. Uh, you know, will the Dodgers get to 116 plus? There's a lot of. What are you looking forward to the most coming down the stretch here? Uh, I'm interested to see. The Padres had such a, a massive collapse last year. Um, I'm kind of interested in the teams that are collapsing sometimes. Uh, so the Yankees that have let the Rays uh, back in it uh, in their division and the Blue Jays. 
Um, and the Padres themselves, you know, in the midst of another slide. It's not the sexiest story, you know, because it's, it's sad. But it also is like, what, well, how is this happening? And how is that happening again? And why is it happening? Uh, so, I, you know, I am, it's easier to look at the Braves and say, oh, this is a great young team, really athletic, really great scouting, all coming together, all in their prime ages at the right time. It's, you know, with a great bullpen. It's easier to say why something's good than to be like, why are the Yankees falling apart? That was a team that we thought was going to be with the Dodgers all year. Yeah. You know, so those are the, those are the teams I'm watching. The Yankees, uh, the, the Mets, uh, and uh, the Padres. And this has to end at some point for the Dodgers, right? This can't go on forever. I, you look at their team, and they seem like they're getting older, you know? It's, I just started looking at the stats. The guy, the the red beard who couldn't hit all year long, now just got to turn it out. That's right. I mean, my God, he's leading in longest active hitting streak at 14. He's got the longest active extra base hit streak. I mean, it's just, is this ever going to stop? I mean, they're on a Braves-like run for the Braves from the 90s. They also position the the the, the defense really, really well. That guy, you know, all their pitchers have the lowest batting average on balls in play. They're just they've they've got defense, something figured out on defense. Well, enjoy your trip to the Redwoods. I will. It's gonna be a nice little family vacation. Yeah. You're not going to the beach, you're not sitting by the pool, you're going camping. That's right. That's right. Well, Airbnb camping. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we like to call that glamping. Yes, right. Can, Can we play a sponsor, please? The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Boom. Talk to you next week. The great Eno Saris right here on A's Cast Live. Ron Washington coming up at 5 o'clock. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Well, I got to tell you, a lot of people here in the Bay Area have waited to see this guy ever since the trade. Of course, he's a St. Mary's Gale and now an Oakland Athletic coming over from the New York Yankees. Ken Waldachuk is with us here, making his debut on A's Cast Live. How are you? Not too bad. This has been a wild ride for you, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been uh, pretty pretty crazy these past couple months. You know, I got to think, you know, you come over from the Yankees, and all of a sudden the land of opportunity. But it's a place you – I mean, you went to college here. You know all about the Bay Area. But now you're truly going to get a chance to pitch 
at the big league level. What did the trade mean for you? Uh, yeah, it was um, it was pretty crazy at first. Uh, <laughs> you know, getting on plane, uh, saying bye to everyone. Um, but it was awesome. Uh, I knew some people in the organization, uh, so I knew there would be some familiar faces, and uh, I was pumped to be able to get to work. And what would it mean? What did it mean to you to come back to the Bay Area? Uh, it's awesome. I mean, uh, there's a lot of people, a lot of, like really good friends I have nearby that uh, I haven't seen in <laughs> in a couple of years. Uh, so it'll be good to reconnect with them, and yeah, and just to be back in like this environment is gonna be awesome. Did it help also with JP Sears coming with you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think he he got moved up within a week of uh, when we got sent over. Um, but it was cool just knowing someone that I came with. Uh, he was a pretty good friend over there, so. Yeah, it definitely helped. When you first talked to David Force, the general manager, once the trade happened, what did he say to you and what he thought the plan would be for you? Um, I mean, I actually talked to Feinson. Uh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the plan was just, um, I think, just for me to go to the PCL and try to pitch there and learn how to, how to throw there and then hopefully get a taste up here. Yeah, unfortunately, you had to go to Vegas. When Feinstein calls you and you got to go to Vegas, you're like, oh, my. I mean, oh, I'm going to Vegas, but pitching there. We've seen just the horror stories about pitching there. But then you get the call up, and now it's for real. What was going on for you? Like, I'm now at the big league level, and I'm getting my opportunity. Yeah, I mean, at first it was definitely – I was definitely a little shocked. <laughs> I, got, I got told, and I, I was pumped, but I don't think it really hit me until, uh, until I was on that plane uh, – coming coming over here and then how about the very first batter you face first pitch they're hacking against you yeah um yeah there i just had so much adrenaline i thought let me just let me just put one in the zone <laughs> uh and put it in the zone it was just right down the middle and <laughs> yeah you just hacked and got a good swing off on it i was thinking about it thinking like if i was you and you're up there right hearts pounding you got all this adrenaline this is what you've wanted your entire life, right? And it's almost like they knew. It's like they were like every fast. They were swinging every fastball. I mean, it was like, and I could see where at first it's like, what is going on? But they came out and ambushed right away swinging. But after that, you settled down. You start throwing your change up. You start throwing your breaking ball. Talk about how once the, once the emotion, I'm not sure the emotion never went away, but once you settled down, things changed for you in that start yeah um i mean I, I was able to pick up that that was kind of their game plan and that's why i kind of deviated the change up and yeah and then once i was able to get to two strikes i was able to throw some some sliders and stuff and stuff fastballs up out of the zone and uh i think that's when i started to see some some better results that outing so what was it like after you after you get done you thought about it i'm now a big league pitcher yeah i mean Instant reaction, I was pretty upset that uh, that I walked two guys and got pulled and didn't finish the inning. Uh, I kind of wanted to make it make it five. Uh, um, but at the end of the day, I was like, that, that was a pretty cool experience. It was something definitely that I can build off of, uh, and I felt like I learned a lot. What are your, expecta your expectations for yourself as you're now in the rotation and you're going to get starts till the end of the year? Yeah, I mean, I just I kind of just want to stay, like, in the zone um, and just learn every outing. Um, I mean – I kind of just want to get to work and see how my stuff plays, see what adjustments I have to make on certain stuff, and, yeah, and just have fun. Yeah, because that's what I was thinking. It's like you get up here, you want to see, like, how do – you're going tomorrow, right? I am. Like, you're going up against a team that, you know, is one of the top teams in baseball, and 
you're going up against the team who won the World Series last year. You get a chance to see how do I match it. You've always wondered. Now you get to know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited for the opportunity. And have you – so now we're just talking with Eno Saris about this. Technology up here is different than technology down in the minor leagues. Now, I know the Yankees were pretty good with technology, but are you using it differently? Are you getting different views, looks, data? What is it like now that you're up here? Um, yeah, I'm still sticking to a same, similar approach on how I was preparing for lineups. Um, definitely a different base here, so I'm able to go uh, a little more in depth. Uh, and definitely with the with the level of hitters up here, I think I have to go more depth as well uh, on certain stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, I'm just kind of keeping the same approach and seeing if it still works. And a lot of it is what sticking to your strengths. I mean, you got to stick with what what got yeah, you here. Yeah, my strengths versus their weaknesses. Uh, how to get ahead, how to put them away, all that. All right, I know it, it may not have happened yet, but what's the big league moment? For you, where you're like, oh my God, I'm in the big leagues. The big league moment, um, man, it was probably it was probably just warming up uh, before that start and having like some hecklers out there and all that. And they were getting after you. Not crazy, not crazy, but just having people, having all those people here early, uh, that was definitely like a new uh, new thing. Do you remember what they were saying to you? Naughty. I don't remember it all now. <laughs> but just the fact that yeah. they were out there? Yeah. In our nation's capital. It was kind of cool, you know, to to be at that ballpark and, and, and to get that very first start. We're all so happy for you. And, and just so you know, ever since the trade, how jacked Ace fans are for you and J.P. Sears to be here, knowing that you two are a big part of our future and I think the two of you together coming here to be in the rotation a long time would, would mean a lot. Yeah, yeah, it'd definitely be awesome. Well, thank you so much for the time. We truly appreciate it. And hopefully we're going to do this for many, many years. We'll have you here on A's Cast Live. It's been fun to watch you start. Thank you. We got more coming up next. And the great Ron Washington is going to join us coming up here at 5 o'clock right here on A's Cast Live. Streaming from Ricky Henderson Field, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Well, we've had him on for years on A's Cast Live, and it's now great to have him in person. The great Ron Washington joins us here. As Wasp, we've taken it now and turned it into a TV show. Oh, okay. So it's just not audio anymore. <laughs> right. We now got you on video. Uh, first off, thank you, because you know how much this organization uh, what you mean to it, and I know how much this organization means to you. It's got to be a lot of blood, sweat, and tears for you out on this field. It's got to be great for you to be back. It's always wonderful to come back to Oakland. And, um, you know, they look like they're in a little rebuilding stage, but uh, I think uh, they're in good hands with Kasi and his group. And uh, they do play, play hard on the field, and that's all you can ask for. Um, it's always walking down memory lane when I walk into this stadium because there are a ton of memories here. And I'm sorry I missed the 20-game win yeah. streak party. I heard it was outstanding. <laughs> I, I wish I could have gotten here, but it just didn't work out. What does it mean to you that even though you weren't here, you were brought up a lot during that, during that time in all the interviews? Well, it, it means a lot because I was a part of it. I mean, I was standing outside the lines. The guys did it between the lines, but we were a family. And that's the way we went about our business. And that's the one memory I always keep when I do come back to Oakland. Um, the years that I was here, it was 17 of them. And uh, we were a family. And that's the way we went about our business as a family. 
I wanted to ask you about Art Howe because there's a lot of emotion around Art, unfortunately, about the movie, the way he was portrayed. And right before we were going to introduce him, I did an interview with him. And I asked him about what's it going to mean to you to get that love, to truly know how much this fan base loves you. During his answer, he choked up and started to cry. That's Art. Um, you know, I learned so much from him just by watching him work when I was working for him. Um, he let the players play. He let his, his coaches coach. Uh, he stepped in when he had to step in. Uh, he was a common factor. Uh, he knows a lot of baseball. Um, of course, those guys loved him. I love him to debt because uh, when I got my first man managing job, I brought him on as my bench coach uh, because I wanted his wisdom and knowledge next to me. And um, he's always going to be a tremendous part of my life because he gave me my first opportunity as a, as a coach in the big leagues. And one guy I think you would have loved to have seen because we hadn't seen him other than an opposing player. He had never come back and put that A's jersey on, but he did. He's a guy that you helped make the MVP. You've made a lot of good players. This guy was the MVP. You must be talking about Miguel Tejada. Miguel Tejada coming back, and I did the interview with him. He was emotional. He just hadn't been back, but he was welcome back. And just kind of, hey, remember, Miguel, you're a big part of this family. Don't ever forget that. Uh, I think that would have been nice for you to see him because uh, he's a big part of what the A's did, especially you during that time. You know, it's, it's funny how life worked. Uh, we did the All-Star game because we were the World Series champs. So we did the All-Star game, and I ran into Miguel. That's the first time I've seen Miguel since he left Baltimore, and he still looked good. And um, I just always told him when I seen him how much he meant to me because he kept me vigorated, he kept me working, he kept me trying. The, the things that I've learned about infield play, I was able to start with Miguel, Eric Chavez, Mark Gellis, Jason Giambi. Those were the guys that gave me my opportunity to be a, a major league infield coach. And from that point, it just grew. Yeah. And they were the reason that it grew because I was able to take my ideas and my visions and use on them. See, they were puppets. <laughs> they didn't know it. <laughs> Scott Hatterberg, we were talking to Hatterberg, and he's like, no, Billy Bean and Ron Washington were not in my living room. <laughs> that did not happen. No, it happened in Phoenix Municipal Stadium. We had the conversation. It did happen in Phoenix Municipal Stadium. Uh, that was a movie, of course. Yeah. But the conversation, it did happen. And the results of that conversation – it did happen, too, Yeah. Scotterberg turned himself into a hell of a first baseman. I want everybody to know it's hot out here today, and we've been doing this show almost two hours. This is where we do every home show, and I was over there watching you. When we started, before we started this show, you were out there working with somebody, one of your middle infielders. I don't care. I couldn't see who it was. The first one was Grisham. So I want everybody to know it's been hours out in the heat <laughs> that you're out here. There's something about – in you, work ethic. Not only do you love being a teacher, you love helping people, and that's the great thing. A, a, a coach, a teacher loves – the best part of your job is helping somebody else. But what? when did you learn that work ethic that uh, you're out there today, you're grinding in the sun? Learned that work ethic when I was in the projects in New Orleans. Um, you bring that with you as a child. And then the people that you run into when you finally get a chance to get into the professional ranks – Every one of my coaches made a difference in my life, and every one of my coaches that I've had from rookie ball to the major leagues is inside of Ron Washington. 
and I express it every single day. I couldn't tell you which one it is coming out. Sometimes I can tell you which one it is coming out, <laughs> but they all are inside of me, and um, that's the way I was brought up, and I try to pass that on and hope that the kids that I'm dealing with, um, when they get to the point where they become seniors instead of juniors, uh, they can pass it on, and that's how we keep the game going. Um, that little work we do is only four minutes. I don't care how hot it is. It's only four minutes. You can get it done in four minutes and be gone. Now, the player can get it done in four minutes and be gone. I got six players. So I'm out there getting six guys, and I'm the one doing the sweating. I'm the one doing the work. You see what I'm saying? But when they see me get through that work, it makes it good for them to get through the work. Because when I was a youngster and I had older coaches, I used to say, if he could hang out here doing this, I'm going to hang out here doing this. And that's the mindset I try to give to those kids. If I'm out here in this heat, it doesn't matter. You only get four minutes. I got six guys. So that's four times six, multiplied. Yeah. And then there's conversation about what may have happened the day before, uh, what we need to do, what you might be doing wrong, what we have to correct. All of that goes on. It's not just me on my knees flipping balls to them. I think about the spirit of your ball club right now. Last year left for dead basically in early August win the World Series. This year all about Mets, 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 Mets. And you're reeling them in and you're right there. You guys are gonna be in this thing, whether you're winning the division or you're a wild card. What is it about this group of men that makes them so special? They won a World Series. So they have the heart of a champion. They've been through the grind. They know what it takes. They know what it takes every single day to come out here and play and put yourself in that position. Um, even though we didn't make a move until August, our attitude and our commitment to what we were capable of doing was always in the making. It just took a little bit through the year for it to come together. We wish it would have came together from day one, but it didn't. But inside that clubhouse, we never gave up on what we were capable of doing, and we searched the whole year to find it. And once we found it, everybody else had to get out the way. And you keep bringing up all these young guys. I don't, it's like you guys have like a young guy tree in your backyard and you just keep picking these guys. I mean, everybody you got, some of your players under 25, it's crazy. And the group that won the World Series, we had them when they was 20 and 18. They came up in 17. We got a little better in 18. We went to the playoffs in 18, 19. We almost beat the Dodgers in 20. And then 21, we won it with the same group. They got class. Uh, they baseball rats. Uh, they, they, they give respect to each other. They give respect to the game. Uh, they give respect to the opponent. Uh, they show up every day to be the best they could, they could be for each and every one of the, their teammates. And, you know, that's, that's pretty hard to get together. But we just got a group of young kids that had that mindset. I think that Atlanta Braves does a good job of identifying character. Well, don't forget they got good coaches. Well, they got tremendous coaches. <laughs> they do. They have tremendous coaches. Yeah. And the coaching staff that they put together here is a very veteran coaching staff that uh, always keep the thumb on them. We never let them get away with anything. No matter how small you see something, we say something. Something needs to be taken care of, we take care of it. We don't let nothing get kicked under the rug. And our kids respond to it because they know – from day one, we developed a relationship, and they know that relationship is love. And I wear this every day. 
Just a little love. Sometimes all you need, right? Yeah, that's what we do. Well, let me tell you, whenever you're on, A's fans love it. So, And you've been so good to us how many times you've been on all the years. I remember doing an interview with you years ago when you were at the Rangers way down here. You've always been first class. And uh, from the A's fans, I want to say thank you for always coming on. And enjoy every moment. You're going to get a lot of ovations here because this building, in this building, you are loved. You will always be part of this A's family. And I've never doubted that. That's why every time I come to Oakland, I look forward to it. I've never doubted that. Um, even through hard times, they find a way to love you. And that's what it's about. That's what it's about, caring about what you're doing. And in, the, in, in return, uh, you show that care back. And um, I'm always happy to come back to Oakland. I'm always happy to talk with you guys. I'm always happy to do anything that could make a difference in anybody's life because there's a lot of people made a difference in mine. Good luck. Thank you. We're going to be rooting for it. I mean, you got Walt Weiss. I mean, you got Matt Olson. I mean, there's A's all over the place over there. <laughs> That's what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> we got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. Scott? That's right. It's not that hard, Scott. Tell him, watch. It's incredibly hard. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Well, it's been a jam-packed show, so we really haven't had time to talk about the significance of today. But the major significance for us, and we really want to thank you, the A's fans, is... Today, we can officially say we've reached 5 million downloads. 5 million since 2019. We are by far the number one podcast in Major League Baseball. But we are far more than a podcast. We're really like a radio station that basically is a podcast. As we give you information and we give you entertainment 24 7 365 we never go off the air most teams haven't put the effort in they'll have somebody do a podcast and they put it up no one has put the effort in that we have to give you something that's every day all day and we want to thank you because without you we don't get to these numbers when we created this in 2019, we had no idea we were going to do a live show. That came off Dave Cavill and uh, one of our old bosses of wanting to do a opening day show where it was a four-hour show. We had never gone live, and we had never done commercials. And I'll never forget them asking me could we do it and my answer to everything is of course we can do it and I had no idea whether we could do it or not and I remember being right here with Joey the Italian Stallion if you remember Joey Libatori now runs the Ducks and 
he had all these commercials. We literally had no idea. We were going live. The sun was coming up. Our old COO, Chris Giles, was, was, doing, the, uh, was doing the television hits with the morning shows. Sun's coming up. It's opening day. It's a day game. And we go live. And that was how Ace Cast Live was born. And literally, Joey had to go over and listen on his phone to see if it was working. I was started. I started the show, and I didn't even know if it was working. We didn't take. I didn't take a break for three and a half hours. I did three and a half hours straight, and they kept bringing me guests, and I kept talking. Three and a half hours. Finally, we're going to take a break once again. We don't know if the commercials are going to work. We go to a break. He hits it. The commercials work. We took one break for two minutes because that's all the commercials we had. <laughs> so basically, I talked for four hours straight. I went up, took a quick break, then did an hour pregame show, did the game, postgame show. I show up the next day thinking it was a one-off, and they go, uh, everybody really liked it. They want to now do a show. I went, oh, my God, are you serious? But that's kind of how we have evolved. No, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think there's very many people – other than, I'm not going to mention all of their names, but there's a very small group that actually believed we could do it. And one is Dave Cavill, who we really have to thank. He believed in it. But I can tell you, most, I, I would say 98 percent I mean, I'd say about 98% of people in this organization did not believe in us. They didn't believe we could do it. They didn't know why we were doing it. It was a waste of time. It was a waste of resources. And let me tell you this, Ace fans, there hasn't been 5 million people come into this ballpark since 2019. I can guarantee you our television broadcast, our radio broadcast, they haven't had 5 million people watch their product. The fact that we're the one thing, 5 million downloads. You took the time. And this doesn't count you who just watch live. This is just downloads. This is not the interactions and all the people who've just listened live. What we've been able to accomplish, and that's why I want to say congratulations to Cody, because it was Cody who I said, I need somebody to help me build this. I need somebody to help me grow this. It just can't all be me. And that's when I went out and stole him from 95-7 the game. So congratulations to you. Five million is a big part of what you've done, of all the stuff, all these podcasts and everything that you he's downloading it and he's putting it together and he's making it happen and stuff that you see on Twitter and everything. Cody's been doing it. So Cody, congratulations. You are a huge part of this five million. Well, you know I'm a big me guy, so I'm gonna take I'm gonna bask in all If There's anybody the- who loves Cody, <laughs> it's Cody. No, it's, it's been a great ride, and, you know, I can't take credit for all of it myself. Ray, who's now here for after Joey left us, Ray helps a lot with Ace Cast and the, and the radio broadcast, but more so than it's Ray There's Sanchez. his hand. Ray will be in for me next week when I'm uh, sitting in a lagoon in Iceland. That's what it, people do on their honeymoon is hang, hang out in the lagoon where people are in a beach. Um, but, yeah, we've had great success. Okay, that's my ignorance. They have lagoon beaches in Iceland? It's, it's not a beach. This is like, like a lagoon. Like, it's an indoor lagoon. It's, I don't, my wife booked all this. I picked Iceland. She figured everything out. Because when I think love and I think honeymoon, I think Iceland. And, and Ireland. She wanted to go to Ireland. Ireland. I wanted them to go to London, but we, we settled on. Uh, I could see London, Ireland. Well, our whole trip 
real quick, this is a quick. We were but we'll get to this at another time. Yeah, we were supposed to go to Japan, but that's why we're going. But, yeah, but with AceCast, everything we've been able to do through a pandemic, a yeah. lockout, uh, wildfires, power outages, bad internet, bad computer, just bad technology. Yeah. You know, one thing we haven't had problems with, we did, we don't really have a lot of guests bail on us, and that's just – got to credit a lot of the people I've reached out to and built relations with well, for them for know, never bailing on us. And the relationships you build with them to be able to talk with them and to tr- have the trust to come on with us as much as they do. Well, think about this. Folks, we carried a baseball show. Season ends. All of a sudden we have a pandemic, a global pandemic that's killing people, and people are sick all around – the world, baseball basically shuts down. We never shut down a baseball show. We talked baseball all the way up till opening day, where Matt Olson, who's here, hit the walk-off grand slam in extra innings. Against the Angels, yeah. How many months was that to we carry baseball with no baseball? Uh, it ended in October, right? And then we went to the winter meetings in December. I thought, all right, Cole signed, Strasburg, Rendon. Like, here we go. Then March comes, we're at, we go to – we go to Vegas for the the then Indians and A series, and we go to spring training, and then a couple days later we get shut down because of COVID. So October to July twenty, what was it, twenty fifth or sixth, when also the grandson of Holby Milner. Uh, yes, I remember the pitcher. That's how long we went. Almost, almost, almost a calendar year. And what we have done is to try and give this franchise that we love to give it its due. To give it access to the players to what's going on to giving you what you deserve as A's fans because all the years that I was doing stuff on terrestrial radio I heard you I heard what you wanted well why don't we have this and why don't we have that well we've given you what you now want where you have things that are dedicated just for your team and you've responded by helping us with 5 million downloads. And like I said, it's more than 5 million when you look at everybody who has has listened live and now the ability to watch live. So what you have been able, to, how you have watched us grow, it's your support that has allowed us to grow to bring you as not much information about this franchise and to help us take it to the next level where we have bigger plans than this. This has just all been the start. So we we need to thank Catherine Aker, Delaire, DA. We need to thank everybody around us who's allowing us to grow and give us the opportunity to keep being at the forefront to where other teams in Major League Baseball are all, I can't wait. We're going to go back to the winter meetings this year. We were the darlings of the winter meetings in 2019. Everybody was coming to us saying, what's it like? What's it like? Well, we haven't seen anybody. I can't wait for them to see how we've evolved. We know how they react when the teams get here, but how when we're all in the same room, wherever that room will be in San Diego. Or what hotel we'll be at. To, to, to now show them how we have grown, grown, progressed. Here's our numbers. Here's what we're doing. We have advertising. We're monetizing it. It's really a cool thing. The A's have been at the forefront of a lot of different things in baseball, and that's what we're doing from a multimedia perspective to where look how we're now tied in with NBC Sports California. I do hits now every single day representing A's cast. That's on our cable station. So 
you got A's cast that's being seen by cable, streaming. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. Our game has changed dramatically over time. Yeah, and the, adding the visual element to it, I, I know people don't really care to see, maybe not see us on television or on YouTube and Twitter, but they care to see our players and opposing players. You got to see Matt Olson today. Uh, Why would they not want to see us? I don't know. I have a face for radio, as they say. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm taking shots myself. But you got to see Matt Olson today. You got to see a Ken yeah. Waldachuk. You got to see Ron Washington. You get to see the field. Yeah, here, I'll stand up so people can see it. I mean, we, you know, I mean, when guys come in, they're taking ground balls. Normally, you're taking ground. Oh, they're staying out of the heat today, basically. But you get no, to Wash see. No, Washington's hitting, Wash hitting the balls. You get to see. You get to see all the stuff going on behind us. And we give you access. Like, think of all the players. Think of, just, think of the XAs we've had recently. Josh Donaldson, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman. We're not getting that unless we're right here. We're the only show in Major League Baseball. And I would like to say, of any of the big four sports, that's NFL, that's NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball, I don't know of a, another show that's on the field where basically every game, Monday through Friday. Yeah, I don't think – I can't think of one. Not. I can tell you in the NFL, I've traveled all the NFL stadiums, and I was able to do my pregame stuff, with, but that was just from my phone, wherever I I get the best reception. No one was doing an on-field show in the NFL. Nobody. I didn't see one. I mean, what we do is so unique. And, yeah, we may be crowing a little bit, but you know what? We should of what we've been able to accomplish. I don't think anybody else in sports is doing what we're doing. You're not seeing the NBA. No one's on the basketball court doing a show during shoot-around. No no one, no one's doing it on the ice in the NHL. No. no. We've seen teams try to start doing what we're doing, and the Sharks have done it. The, the Ducks are doing it now, of our old cohort, Joey Libertori. Yeah. But no one's doing what we're doing on the field, and that's why it's so special for us to be able to do what we do and build relations with the teams we have built, like having a Matt Olson on, like having Chapman, Trevino. Well, we actually text them ourselves. Just like on Thursday, the OG, true friend of the program. I told him to come on with us because he's coming back to town. That'd be Mr. – I grabbed the headset and talked whenever I went, Liam Hendricks. Liam Hendricks, friend of the program. The original friend of the program. Yes, uh, still to this date, no A other than Liam. No no A's player has been on more than Liam Hendricks. Yeah, no. Th- there's a guy quietly creeping up the board, and that's Cole Irvin. But he's oh, so, he's got a long way. Yeah, to he's go. so well. But he's uh, Ray Foss, Ray Fossey, and Liam Hendricks are at the forefront of guest Li- appearances. Liam Hendricks is Joe DiMaggio, and everyone else is well behind him in the. Liam Hendricks would come by every day and just put the headset on. That's but that's the access we have. We have that. And you gain those relationships with the players. And, yeah, I mean, it's like Cole Irvin now. It's like, hey, whenever you guys want me on today? You want, want to bring me on? We got to talk to him. Oregon got blown out the other day. That was a really rough start for the Oregon Ducks. <laughs> Pac-12. Pac-12 didn't look good. Three points. Yeah, three points. Biggest I shout out. I couldn't even believe, uh, was it late Saturday night, I was watching TCU beat up on Colorado in Colorado. Oh. If you're a Pac-12 school – you're losing SC and UCLA, and you're getting you-know-what whooped on the first week. Bad luck for the old Pac-12. All I know is it's a get-right game for our Spartans this weekend. Hey, San Jose State's 1-0. We didn't want to show the playbook for Auburn. Didn't want to show Just went very vanilla, very generic against Portland State. Didn't want to show Josh Donaldson's 
or or Tim Hudson's War Eagle Auburn Tigers, what we got. We got to get Coach Brennan on. Yes. yes, and we do things other than just talk baseball. Sometimes. Yeah, we'll do some stuff outside of baseball and baseball's over too. By the way, we're uh, putting together some parties coming up here for the end of the month. We're discussing it and for the playoffs for you A's fans to come see us. And, of course, we'll have prizes, uh, promote Black Panther. I am. That's what I was going to say. Uh, so, on Saturday, you'll be able to get this. And then we have the read right here. Feeling heroic this Saturday, join forces with the A's to take on the Chicago White Sox this Saturday at the Coliseum. September 10th, during Marvel Superhero Day presented by Xfinity. The first 20,000 fans at the ballpark can take home a Black Panther Funko Pop. There will also be a costume contest, so come out and enjoy the fun. Grab your tickets for Marvel Superhero Day at athletics.com slash tickets. That's athletics.com slash tickets. I love these things. I have all the Seinfeld characters. I just bought a Mandalorian one. I have Phil from Groundhog Day with uh, Phil Connors. People collect bobbleheads. I collect these things. I, I don't even know what they are. They're like bobbleheads, but not really. They're smaller. Ray, do you have these? Do you collect these? Yeah, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but yeah, I do. I mean, what happened to baseball cards? Can't you just collect oh, baseball Oh, those are big cards? again. I mean, I still have all mine, but those are big again. They're worth a lot of money. I'm a bad guy to uh, – I'm a bad guy. I, I'm not a collector. I have a garage. For, you know what? You have a lot of hats. I am I'm a collector of hats. <laughs> I have a lot of stuff in my garage. I think that baseball fans and fam, sports fans would love that I just have in boxes. There's an MVP trophy in there. I just got an MVP trophy. At it. That's, of course, my grandfather's. But um, – Oh, yeah, I got stuff you would. I mean, I, I've got baseballs of Hall of Famers signed that are just rolling around in boxes somewhere. I just, it doesn't mean anything to me. And, and maybe, maybe, maybe I should be more into collecting this stuff. I can't even imagine my wife if I brought that. Honey, look, can we put. I don't know. Not a chance. Marvel's owned by Disney and your family, your big Disney family. But if you want Disney princess movies, I've got every single one. <laughs> and I have so much Disney princess stuff in my garage that someday they're, they're not ready to give it up. When I, at some point, they got to they gotta let it go. Well, college is coming soon. We'll oh be over it by then. But once again, the main thing today is thank you. Thank you, everybody, for helping our dreams come true. We, we started it. We wanted to make it happen, and we wanted to do it for you. And selfishly, it's been a big project for us. It's been, you know, everything that we do. And uh, I'm very proud. Me too. You, you, t you don't get enough credit for a lot of the stuff we do I here. get enough credit. I, I throw you – I give you shout-outs during our meetings all the time. Ray, Ray can attest. He knows. Absolutely. I, 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 I'm shocked they bring me up in meetings. I mean, we, we have to. We they're not. They're not. They're not afraid to work me every day. I, we show face for you there. <laughs> they're not afraid for me to work. Hey, yeah, Saturday, another season ticket holder event. Yeah. Sweet. No, I love doing it. I love you, bro. Same man. All right, you, we got to go. You, you got pregame coming up. Oh yeah, see, now, yeah. yeah. See now go do pregame, superstar. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> we appreciate everything you've done for us. It means a lot. It really does. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Coming up next, A's Total Access right here on A's. Cast. Brought to you by Chevron.
The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than the Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into local Bay Area charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.